This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. All righty, Scotty, you ready? Hey, Curdy B, I hear, I hear you still got that scratchy comedy voice over there. I still do. I blew my voice out <laughs> so long ago, and it still is <laughs> fucked up. I like uh, it. I like it. You're like a cigar smoker now. <laughs> I know, right? It, it's just a little bit lower and a mm-hmm. little bit more fun. Are you ready for a headline? Hit me, buddy. Russia is going to try to clone an army of 3,000-year-old Scythian warriors. Okay, I understood the Russian part. I understood the warriors part. So let's just get into it on another fabulous episode of Bananas Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast that ever was. And sometimes we goof up top, but we have an extra special guest today. So I think we should get right into it, Curdy. Our guest today is an actor, a podcaster, mm-hmm. an artist, a writer. You will, of course, recognize her as the voice of Lisa Simpson or from her true crime podcast, Small Town Dicks. She's got a new <laughs> cooking show oil and water out every other wednesday on youtube and igtv please welcome the very wonderful yardley smith all right they can't see me waving my arms a big cheer going wild we love excitement yardley we're very happy about this hey i wanted to wish you a happy anniversary didn't you guys you just celebrated one year yes Yes, we, we did. Thank we you. We did. We had our one-year anniversary. We had the anniversary. Our... Yes. <laughs> so far, so good. We're into year two, and we haven't gotten you know booted yet. Bravo, you! It's yeah. not easily done. I know it. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is a. Uh, you know, the bananimals have been very uh, accepting, and we mm-hmm. appreciate them mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> and Yardley, for your podcast, have you? Did you start in studio and move your way out to this Zoom weird world that we just talk through screens at each other? Uh, um, no, actually, we have almost never recorded in a studio for small town dicks. We would we sometimes travel to the small town where our detectives are because yes, cool. all of our stories are told by the detectives who investigated them. So oftentimes we'd be in a conference room that's not at all soundproof. Uh. Um, <laughs> and we have two extraordinary editors, like actual technical editors. Yes. I edit on paper, but mm-hmm. they know the pro tools and all that stuff. Um, and we have really good equipment. Yes. So that helps a great deal. But but we also I do all the you know, if there are pickups and sometimes there are, you know, when you listen back and something doesn't quite make sense sure. or 
somebody's whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I do. We often do. I'll do those pickups in my dining room. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we did sort of shift to Zoom, and now we have little portable recording kits that we will send out to our guests. We actually literally sent them to Scotland. We had two Scottish guests this season. That's cool. Um, So we sent them overseas, and we couldn't, you know, obviously we we have some funds, but we don't have those fucking kind of funds. So uh, we were not bringing the whole crew to Scotland yet. Not yet. Not yet. Season nine, you're going to be there. Thank you. Incredible. Yes. <laughs> one thing I really so, like yeah. about that podcast is uh, it's the same. One thing when you're chiming in a lot, it's what I do when I'm watching Datelines or any true crime show where I'm commenting and you do that. And it makes yeah. me so happy. You'll be like, but wait, where was the body? And that's like what I'll do at home. And then Dan or Dave will be like, yes. we found the body in the basement. And yes. <laughs> and, you know, now I so uh, for those who don't know, I'm actually engaged to Detective Dan. So I co-host with t- identical twin detectives, Dan and Dave. Amazing. And um, amazing. and it was born out of me when I started to date Dan. He didn't live in I live in California, he didn't live in California. And so uh-huh. I would go see him and his brother Dave lived literally like a block away. So <laughs> he would come over on a Thursday mm-hmm. and just download their week and your hair would be on fire because you're like what that was just wednesday third like fuck me it was wow it's such a a very specific kind of person a very specific kind of internal makeup i think who that person who's willing to every time they leave their house the person you're going to encounter on your job is probably having their worst day yes Mm -hmm. yeah so they that was all that storytelling is really how the podcast was born. So now Dan lives with me and um to watch true crime with a detective not always fun or scripted because he'd be like, "Oh, I know who did it." And you're 3 <laughs> minutes in. You're like, "Well, zip it." Yeah. Zip it, bubs. <laughs> like, give me a fucking break. Give me a chance here. It's like watching so. a stand-up special with a stand-up comic. Where <laughs> yeah, they don't like, laugh. No, just like judging it the whole time. <laughs> it's dumb. The worst. <laughs> it's really actually, speaking of stand-up, it's very hard to get the Simpsons writers to laugh. Yes. Oh, I can imagine. Just in life. They'll yeah. laugh at jokes in the script because I think they're so excited finally to hear the actors read those jokes. But if you're telling them a story about something, nothing. <laughs> just like... <laughs> I am also a, a TV writer, and the question people, or the comment I guess people ask or say the most is like, it must be so fun. You guys just must crack each other up all day. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, we laugh in bursts. There'll be like a 12 Burst. to 15 minute burst, like at 3 p.m., yeah. where we're all a little delirious and we're having a great time. But up until that point, it's just us logically trying to figure out story yeah. puzzles, basically. The amount of logic that goes into absurdity <laughs> is horrifying. I think people really don't realize that that it's a very it's an incredibly difficult job to be funny and to be consistently funny it is it's not it it ain't for the faint of heart i'll tell you that no Mm -hmm. it is not it is you fail more than you win exactly (laughs) well yardley do you want to hear the funniest story (laughs) (laughs) yeah what about these russian warriors someone who had the the hell the the not the faintest of heart. I'm looking for a good segue here. I didn't get one on that one. Ba- uh, comedy writing is a battlefield, a battlefield <laughs> that needs com- constant replenishment from people all around the country who flock to Los Angeles, to- California. Indeed. 
I actually have a good segue about Russia. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. For your headline, if you like. Please. Okay. So um, my father, when uh, my father was a journalist for The Washington Post mm-hmm. for my entire life. He got that job, I think, when I was about three years old. But prior oh, wow. to that, he was a journalist for the UPI, which is like Associated Press. It stood oh, for United know. Press yes. International, right? Yes. And he was stationed in Poland and Russia during the Cold War. No. Yes. So my mother followed him over there when they were engaged. And so I was born in 64. I have a brother who was born in 63. My parents and my parents were not yet married when they were in Russia. And the Russians said to them, literally, we'll tell you when you can get married. And then it was like, oh, it's Monday. You can get married Friday. Oh, Oh my God. That's how it would work. Yes. And you couldn't. You could, I mean, at that time, you couldn't, I, maybe perhaps now also, you couldn't just bop over like, oh, you're getting married in five days. I'll be there. You know, yeah. absolutely not. Um, and so there's, and there is one photo that remains from their wedding. They get married in, I think they get married in the American consulate or the American embassy. Yes. Um, my mother's wearing a, a, not a, like a full, wedding gown she's wearing a simple white whatever dress they would let her wear they said exactly. whatever you could get your hands on right <laughs> and uh one photograph they packed the photos that they had in their luggage and when they came back to the states only one was left just that photo from their yes. wedding oh yes. my god they took oh, all of them wow and oh. they gave them one i know i know and and they used to whenever they would have anything important to talk about, mm-hmm. they would go into the bathroom and turn on the water because they knew the apartment was bugged. Right, and it right. didn't even mean, you know, they could be talking about um, their own families, but mm-hmm. anything yeah. that was important to them, they would make sure that. They had at least some measure of privacy. Yeah. Oh, wow. How that fucked is, up is that? It is. That's insane. pretty insane. I mean, yeah. I feel that way in every Airbnb I've ever stayed in in my life. As you yeah, should. I'm, I'm looking like for looking for little bears. bears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Looking for ner- nanny bears and, ner- and like yeah. I'm like, is that spying on me? <laughs> What's spying on me? <laughs> so I've gotten yeah. really good at nude dancing. I strip tease down. I get in the shower. I strip. <laughs> I reverse strip tease back into my overalls. That's very very clever. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Curdy B, hit us with the Russian warriors. Sorry, we keep All interrupting right. with lovely stories. This is a pop from Popular Mechanics sent in by the Art of Wes Brooks, who has sent in a lot of stories. Thank you, the Art of Wes Brooks. Uh, he's also a very great artist. So Russia is going to clone an army of 3,000-year-old Scythian warriors. <laughs> uh, this is the weirdest story, man. This yes. is... Uh, by, uh, I believe, best in the biz, Caroline Delbert. She is that good. She's number one. one. All the Pulitzers go to her. One letter away from Dilbert. Yep. Uh, Thank God. Here it is. When you hold a job like Defense Minister of Russia, you presumably have to be bold and think outside the box (laughs) to protect your country from enemy advances. And with his latest strategic idea, cloning an entire army of ancient warriors, Sergei Shoigu, Shoigu, I don't know how to say it, is certainly taking a big swing. In an online session of the Russian Geographical Society last month, Shoigu, a close ally, a close ally of Putin, yes, uh, suggested using the DNA of three thousand year old Scythian warriors to potentially bring them back to life. Yes, really, uh, and then it gives some background on the Let's Scythian people. That. 
Yeah. Okay. There was they were from modern day Iran. They were nomads who traveled around Eurasia, ninth and second centuries, apparently known for being a warrior. And then his quote is Of course, we would like very much to find the organic matter, and I believe you understand what would follow that. And then I think he winked for a thousand years. Okay. Uh, (laughs) He said, it would be possible to make something of it, if not Dolly the sheep. In general, it will be very interesting. So very coyly suggesting he's going to (laughs) clone an army. Also... It, I love Popular Mechanics. Popular Mechanics has really gone the way of reality TV, where it says Russia is going to clone. Uh, and this guy just was Click like, bait, a yeah. winky, winky, maybe we'll clone. <laughs> but back to Dolly the Sheep. Did yes. he not? Has he not heard of that legacy, of that story, of how that went not so well? Not, what happened not to so Dolly well. the Sheep? I don't know what happened to Dolly I think the Sheep. Dolly the Sheep, they cloned her fairly successfully, but the problem was that her lifespan was considerably shortened. And or really? she Yeah, she like she didn't have as good an immune system. It's just not it's not like um you know, taking a post-it and then cutting it in half and going, oh, now I have two halves of a same post-it. <laughs> right, right, right. It's not like that. No. Right, it's a Xerox. It's a yeah. Xerox. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like that movie with uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Multiplicity. Yes. Multiplicity. <laughs> so each one gets a little bit dumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a, a funny movie. idea. I remember watching Multiplicity. And just, I mean, I, homesick from school. Multiplicity really <laughs> tickled my buttons. I'll tell you I that. feel like you could never make that movie now. Not... Not quite like that. No, oh, right. No. That clone. Not with clone. all those references. No, no, no. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> and for the best, by the way, and maybe good. Indeed. Sure, we've grown. Um, uh, does, does Russia have a shortage of people? It seems like Russia is a gigantic co- uh, country with tons of soldiers. This just seems insane. Like well, somebody watched movies. They're very unique. <laughs> I um you know I dated a Russian woman for 13 years mm-hmm. really? and mm-hmm. yes and her parents hated me from the moment they <laughs> all met 13, me all 13 for, of them almost <laughs> almost I think okay so this is this around year 11 we all went we, they have known me for 11 years uh, from age 18 I'm now 29 we go on vacation with her family to I don't know where North Carolina or something very and, Russian uh, very Russian place <laughs> It's very hot out, <laughs> and uh, and I just can't – I cannot deal being around the family anymore. So I go outside, and I'd never done this before around her family, but I got stoned by myself in the backyard. Smart. And then I come in, and then immediately her dad, who was, like, very severe, was like – he just hands me all of this meat, and he's like, you grill the meat, and I'm not even going to do a Russian accent. And I was like, oh, oh, no. And then so the whole family is just watching me grill, and I was so paranoid that I just I, – I never stopped flipping any piece of meat <laughs> for 30 straight minutes. And then I served it, and it was the – plump juiciest <laughs> plumpest meat it was perfect because someone just flipped it over and over it was like rotisserie chicken essentially <laughs> <laughs> and then from that moment on they liked me and i was like that's all i needed to do was get stoned and then you guys are gonna love me yeah they yeah. loved me after that it was the weirdest that, thing dude yeah yeah and, t- and you only had two years left which you may or may not have known exactly no i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> That's Imagine. incredible. Wow. The Brownoler method of cooking. Just whatever it is, touch it as many times as possible until you think it's servable and then clench your butt cheeks and hope they love it. 
That's a, what we all do when we're cooking, though. Yep. Sure. No. Oh. No, we don't. No. no. <laughs> yes, you move confidently in the kitchen. That is true. Yes. <laughs> And impro- it's like jazz. It's you're improvising as you go. It's really nice to watch. Thank you. Yes, I think you you are hopefully perhaps referring to oil and water, which we is are. my I call it um, dumb entertainment for troubling times. <laughs> which, well, uh, you're in good company, Ardley. <laughs> yeah, this That's is dumb specialty. entertainment as well. But to get, like let, let people know the the setup of the show. Oh yeah, so know. it's really a game, and I cook. So in each episode is about six to eight minutes long, and. And I actually am a quite good cook, but while we were all in lockdown and quarantine, I was like, well, you know, how could I? Well, it started actually with, um, I used to do a little thing on my Instagram called Simpson Sunday, okay. where I would talk, tell you a story, something about behind the scenes. Sometimes when, you know, right. in the before times, I would bring you to my ADR session. Amazing. Um and it was great and it was really fun. And one of those little mini tidbits, because they were all about less than two minutes and 20 seconds, because I used to post them on Twitter as well. That's great. Uh, I did. I cooked a recipe from one of the Tracy Ullman short, shorts. Oh, wow. Where, yes. Where Homer makes Bart dinner by basically smashing together ground pork and ground fish and makes porkified <laughs> fish nuggets. <laughs> and so right. I thought... I could do that. Yeah. So it was a slightly longer Simpsons Sunday. We put it on Instagram and people really, really loved it. And then it gave me this idea. Wouldn't it be fun to come up with a, cook- a cooking show that's not unlike Chopped, although um, I draw a sweet thing, a sweet ingredient, a savory ingredient, and then a thing like it's a pie, it's a cake, it's a soup, it's a pound pandowdy, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then I have to combine my sweet and savory thing into the thing. Yes. And uh, and so that's the that's oil and water. That's the game. There's a lot of swearing that we leave out. Um, There is. And also, I'm I'm a little fast and loose in the kitchen. And part of the the point is there are very few fatal mistakes in cooking. Very few. And hoping that it will give people confidence to take a recipe and as a leaping off point, right? Or just to try it. Who fucking cares if it doesn't? You'll be all right. You'll be all right. So um, it's fun. It's really fun. I've heard, yeah, that that cooking is that kind of like you can kind of like fudge things here and there. But baking is like that's where you get fucked if you do it wrong. 100%. Baking is very scientific because it has to do with things reacting to other things Mm -hmm. and and sort of how much time you might have, for instance. So, you know, baking powder, when you add it to a baked good, you have to get that fucker in the oven right away Uh because, you know, the reaction doesn't last very long. Baking soda, on the other hand, you can linger a little bit more, but they do different things, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, baking, you actually want to pay attention to how you combine the ingredients, how much you mix them, et cetera, et cetera. But cooking is a lot. It's a, there's a lot more rope to hang yourself. Yes. Yeah. I was watching, and I, I said this before we started recording, but one of the joys of, of oil and water is when you make something. Like, for example, there was a uh, cinnamon roll and chili enchiladas. <laughs> and yeah. I thought this could turn out because I've sort of had like mole sauce is a little sweet and savory. And when you took that bite, I was like, she either is about to throw up or <laughs> enjoying the flavor profile. And that one was kind of, you kind of liked it. It wasn't terrible. Which is high praise on oil and water. It's not terrible. <laughs> high yes. praise. 
Um, yes, I boy, I've made some terrible things. Like we did a Halloween episode where I we had predetermined that the thing was going to be a candy apple because it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. But the two ingredients had to all be orange, like the savory bowl and sweet bowl both had only orange things in it. Mm-hmm. And those were random. And I chose Skittles, which aren't all orange, but you take the point. And uh, salmon roe, which is orange and disgusting. Yes. <laughs> and I put it on a candy apple with my Hail Mary. I was get a Hail Mary to try to sort of yes. bring two um, opposite ends together in a sweet and savory. And in Very this case, bold. it was white chocolate. And boy, that was fucking wow. brutal. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I actually had to set it on fire. <laughs> so I did that. So that it would death. never exist again. Yeah. <laughs> When Actually, I was a, literally. <laughs> when I was a little kid, we, um, my aunts and uncles would come in town from California for some of the holidays. I grew up in Maryland. And my grandmother would have that. You're from Washington, D.C. Yes, I saw yeah. that. I, uh, it's a good Anywho, place sorry to, to interrupt. From. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I drove down. Do you know the Black Aggie statue? The haunted statue? It's from Druid Hill Park, Maryland, but now it's in Washington, D.C. No. It's a very creepy haunted statue that I'm writing something about now, and I went down to visit it, and it's uh, even scarier in real life. So. Is it really? Oh, it is so disturbing. I it's, remember when it was in Druid Hill. Yes. They removed yeah. it. They put it in the Smithsonian, and people were freaking out looking at it, so they got rid of it then, too. It's like this very... <laughs> it's a long history of this uh, former statue that a general had a sculptor steal the design of, of a sculpture called grief and at certain times of day this it's a veiled woman sitting there with, uh, motionless and then the darkness covers her face oh. black aggie is so creepy but it's currently just behind a federal office building in a courtyard uh and it's a little it's like the dolly <laughs> madison house or something it's if you're ever in dc visiting folks go freak yourself out okay so uh my grandmother, who was a fantastic, fantastic cook, she was overwhelmed with the four of us, the grandkids, t- took us out to dinner at an Italian place, came home, did the dishes, and the next morning, my parents came in, and they're like, Mom, why are there eggs on the ceiling? And she's like, what? And there were six eggs stuck to the ceiling in the kitchen, and she had been hard-boiling eggs for Easter eggs around Easter and left them in to take us out to the restaurant. And they boiled over, and then the water went away, and they were so hot, they became explosive and rocketed straight up. And they just stuck to the ceiling like pencils wow. in a bathroom and like in, oh my in elementary God, school. Brilliant. And we could smell it, but everybody was like, what is that? And then some <laughs> smart person just looks up and sees half a dozen eggs sticking to the ceiling. and Wow. Oh, we, oh, I love that. See, yeah. that's that's like um that's, what it's all about. that's like kitchen um mythbusters. Mm-hmm. That is a damn good story, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Bravo Thank you. you. Thank you. Well, let's <laughs> transition into another real story. How about that? Fantastic. Okay. Um, Yardley picked out specifically for you. You're such a great voice actor. You'll I think you'll get a kick out of this. This is from Sylvia Thompson at irishtimes.com. We, Lovely. We check in with irishtimes.com. This is not the first story from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, really? We, yeah, there was a dolphin that was like just in one bay for a very long yeah, time. Fungi or fungi. Fungi. fungi and then he, yeah. he swam away and the whole town was heartbroken. Like a whole a local economy collapsed because of it because everyone would come to see the dolphin. It was <laughs> oh a pretty God. intense story. <laughs> Good old, good old fungi or fungi. Um, we don't so know what his name is. <laughs> Sylvia, yeah, we our number one mascot of the show. No idea how to pronounce it. 
<laughs> uh, Sylvia Thompson wrote this. Best in the biz. Wooden tape sent this in. Thank you, Wooden Tapes. Australian woman awakes from surgery with full Irish accent. <laughs> I heard about that. I heard this about happens. that. Yeah. yeah. She has this never been to Ireland, and it seems to be... <laughs> And it's an extreme rare condition called foreign accent syndrome. Oh, look at that. Perfectly named. <laughs> an Australian Asian woman who woke up from surgery on her tonsils, which so wasn't like brain surgery. Yes, that, that's the part that blew me away the most. I thought she was in a coma and popped out. Nope, just getting those tonsils popped. Uh, an Australian Asian woman who woke up from surgery on her tonsils began speaking in what seems to be an Irish accent. The video is so good. Uh, she's been documenting her experience on TikTok. The 27-year-old Brisbane dentist, Anne Yen, decided to post regular videos of her new accent when people dubbed her a hoax. I mean, we live in a cynical world, but this mm-hmm. is very mm-hmm. funny. Uh, otherwise, well, Yen was sent home to recover from her surgery with doctors suggesting her vocal cords would heal over time. As her story traveled around the world... Experts recognize that Yen, who has never been to Ireland, is suffering from a very rare condition known as foreign accent syndrome. Uh, (laughs) Oh, it is really funny to watch. And it must sound even stranger in Australia. Like, in parts of America, you could kind of fudge it and get away with it, but woo. What, um, like so, wait, they think it's something to do with the vocal cords. It's not like a, a brain it's thing. Got to be brain. It's, it's neurological. Brain. So the yeah, yeah, first yeah. instance was reported by a French neurologist, Pierre Marie, in 1907. It occurs usually after a stroke, but can also be caused or developed with head trauma, migraines, seizures, or surgery to the mouth and face. Wow! So it can- I know. Is that wild? That's so <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> uh, the results, and this is the case with this young lady, which is just incredible. It's not only the person loses their natural accent; they have a different pitch, intonation, and word pronunciation, and so. Hers start up here. Like, it's that almost stereotypical. Like, the accent she's doing feels almost like somebody's doing a Lucky Charms commercial or something stereotypical. Yeah. It's not quite accurate. Um, (laughs) Only about 100 cases of foreign accent syndrome have been reported worldwide and has been found more commonly in women than men. Uh, in 2013, BBC showed a documentary about a woman from Devon who had a Chinese accent that resulted from a severe migraine. Oh, no. Oh, no. She oh, would be canceled if, now. Oh, my she would just, gosh. <laughs> she was no. a public figure at all. No. Oh, oh no. my God. Oh, oh my no. God. I am actually, I'm charmed that this woman, her last name is Yen. Yes. Yeah. Sylvia, is Anne it Sylvia? Yen. 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 Um, uh, that she thinks that putting a video out on TikTok is somehow proof of veracity. That's right. As opposed everything to, on TikTok's real. It's real. Everything on the internet is real. I'm like, baby, come on. I want to help you out. That might not be the way. It is so insane. It really is, and I encourage all the bananas to go on TikTok and, and Yen. It's really incredible. The only we one, can post uh, the video. Yeah, we'll post we'll, the we'll video post in the our video. stories. We'll figure out a way to do it. It's uh, <laughs> it like you're laughing, and you feel bad for her, but you just can't stop laughing. Like I want to be like, oh, but then it's also like you can still understand her and still English based languages, so she's not yeah. right. losing communication. It's just she's gonna. 
Actually, who doesn't love Irish people? When you're in New York, sure. people exactly. walk up to you in a bar and go, I'm Irish. And then you just start drinking and partying with them. <laughs> and- exactly. It's sort of like uh, Americans feel like any person from the UK could just read the phone book. And especially women, we're just like, oh, <laughs> yes. get to the seas. Yes. Get to the seas. Thank you, Grant. Yes. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> is, is Anne distressed by this condition or is she very much enjoying her her new um her new verbiage her new lexicon ish yes in this in the article it doesn't say in the in the videos she seems to be enjoying it the first one i watched she was trying to prove people that it's real and then the other one she was just talking like making a tiktok and like it's still going on (laughs) wow I would love to ask her if she could do an Australian accent, but with her Irish accent. Oh, my God. Like, that's what I would like to know what it sounds like. You know yes. what I mean? Like yes. an Irish person trying to do an yes. Australian accent. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> that's really good. Oof. Is there, have you met, Yardley, any of the voice actors in other countries that do Lisa that you really liked, like that you really responded to what they were doing? Yes, I actually I haven't met them, but I had a shoe company for five years and we um, made the shoes in Italy. So I used to go Uh to Italy twice a year to work with the factories. And we had we were in two factories there and go to the tanneries and pick the materials. And every day at lunch, we would I was not I was we were in um, Florence. That's where Mm -hmm. I stayed over, you know, where the hotel was. But I was out in the suburbs where it's still beautiful, but it's you know, it it ain't Florence. So we would go to the local truck stop and Uh have lunch every, Uh, you know, for the days that I was there. And every single day, The Simpsons was on in Italian (laughs) at lunch. And I have to say that the Italian Lisa Simpson was very good. Sounded a lot like me. Wow. Yes. But the and Marge was pretty close too. but Homer and Bart, not at all. And what I found in the foreign languages when they dubbed the Simpsons is you you I don't think I've ever heard a full cast that sounds like the American cast. And okay. just you know, in terms of um, vocal uh, musicality quality. Right, you know? that harmony of all yeah, of you yeah. together. Right. You all sound different on the show. All the characters do sound different, but it weaves together. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's really um, so I ve- I had no idea what she was saying, but it was <laughs> yeah. really fun because they yeah. were old episodes. And I was like, oh, yeah, I sort of remember that episode, but I don't actually have a very good memory. So I was like, but I can't fucking tell you what this what scene this is. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I could translate next? that for you. So <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it amazing in Italy? I remember what last time I was there. The best lunch I had was at a truck stop. Absolutely. It was a three course meal with a bottle of wine. I and had it no blew idea. My mind. It was a gas station. Wow. It had like two two tables, and it was the best food I had the whole trip. Wow. Right, because Nona is cooking in the back room, right? Yeah. She yeah. just like brought all her pots and pans and got the local produce and like, all right, here's lunch today. Oh, yeah, so I had no idea. That's a learn. We actually taught something today on bananas. <laughs> Go to Italy, mm-hmm. make a truck stop, enjoy a beautiful <laughs> three-course lunch. Kurt, right. do you want to tease us into a break? Yes, please. Meet the nun who wants you to remember you will die. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas, 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 Bananas,
Ladies, gentlemen, mm-hmm. non-binary folks, welcome back to the show. This is Bananas. Uh, if you haven't yet, oh, what well, big reminder, uh, Hamden, Connecticut, Hamden, October Connecticut. 23rd. I'm going to be there uh, at Space Ballroom. And of course, Philly, Philly, Philly. I'm going to be there June 17th, 18th, and 19th uh, at the Helium in Philly. Go see it. Go to our Instagram right now and uh, sign up. And send us your weird news at uh, The Bananas Podcast. That's right. And I just want to give a shout out to Dream Situations, who messaged us on our Instagram, letting us know that she named three chickens, Kurt, Scotty, and Lauren. Uh, Sadly, Lauren was eaten by a dog, but Kurt and Scotty... But we, but the God. good thing about chickens is they keep laying eggs, so there will be a Lauren 2.0. I hope it's a Buff Orpington chicken, and uh, we hope that li- little Curdy B and little Scotty uh, live long and prosperous lives. And one more shout out. Sure. I uh, got this message off the banana phone. You guys can keep trying the banana phone. I have been in charge of the banana phone for the first time and it is too much for Brown Oler to handle. <laughs> yes. uh, it is so many... Ca- I'm no longer answering the phone. I'm scared of it. I'm trying to respond to your text. Sorry if they're taking a while. Yeah. Uh, it's terrifying. The banana... I don't know how Scotty does it at yeah. all. The Instagram is enough. The Instagram is already overwhelming. The, the banana phone... Early in the podcast, we had Mint Mobile give us a free phone service and a free phone for a year where anybody can call and talk to me for a minute and then I hang up on them. And (laughs) at at first, it was very cute and pleasant, you know, three, four nice calls a day. And then people figured out the texting. And now, Kurt, is it 200 texts and 50 calls a day? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, Um, (laughs) yeah. It's it's too much. But we did get this very nice message. This is from uh, (laughs) Mac. He is from Grants Pass, Oregon, and he just wanted us to shout out pharmacy techs in an episode. In general, we will totally f- shout out pharmacy, pharmacy techs. Pharmacy techs? Yes. Like technicians, not like yes. techs. Yeah, like oh. technicians. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Copy the, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we are the backbone of this society right now, making COVID vaccine clinics True. happen and giving vaccinations. True. And so thank you so much to our uh, pharmacy techs. I didn't even know it was a, qu- a job. Didn't know it was before, a job. Probably the same all of our lives. Thank Probably. you, pharmacy techs. Yeah. yeah. I went, I've, I've been double vaxxed. Hell yeah. I got, too. I got the, vi- the Pfizer. And I actually was really lucky. I only had four hours after the second one where I felt nauseous and I had a terrible headache, but it was like a tornado. It blew in. It sort of like, and then it just blew out. I was like, what? Oh, oh, okay. Nothing like the flu. Not no. Like oh no! I I and I I felt it. I had just like very little. Like I just felt achy, but I was like, "Oh, this is the ache of freedom, baby! <laughs> Can't wait to go out and lick some doorknobs after this." Uh, I day two <laughs> Pfizer shot two. Uh, felt I don't know a better word for it. I felt horny in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, I had full energy. You tweeted that, and I was wondering if it was real. Hundred <laughs> percent true. At about four p.m. the day after, I was writing a script and I was looking at the screen and I was like i feel very turnt i think and i was like i'm gonna go get a brisk breeze on my deck and i stood outside and i just let the air wash over me and about an hour later i was back to normal and chill my normal calm sense that's impressive yeah so sign me up for number three i'll take that booster number four you know (laughs) 
It was great. Um, Curdy B, what do we have? Oh, yeah, the nun. nun? Speaking of which. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tell us about the nun. This is absolutely fascinating. This is uh, sent in to us by M. Striff. This is multiple uh, stories she's gotten. Very good banana. Top tier banana. It is. uh, This is from the New York Times. Meet the nun who wants you to remember you will die. Yep. All right. Written by the best journalist, Ruth Graham. Thank you so much, Ruth. God, she's good. Or he's this good. Is Probably she. from May, May 14th, 2021. Before she entered the Daughters of St. Paul Convent in 2010, Sister Teresa Alethea Noble read a biography of the Order's founder, an Italian priest who was born in the 1880s. Okay. He kept a ceramic skull on his desk as a reminder of the <laughs> inevitability of death. Seems Sister Alethea, a, a punk fan as a teenager thought that morbid curier was curio was quote super punk rock she recalled recently she thought vaguely about acquiring a skull for herself someday these days sister alethea has no shortage of skulls people send her skull mugs and skull rosaries in the mail and share photos of their skull tattoos that is because since 2017 she has made it her mission to revive the practice of memento mori a latin phrase meaning remember your death Oh. The concept is to intentionally think about your own death every day as a means of appreciating the present and focusing on the future. It can seem radical in an era in which death, until very recently, has become easy to ignore. Okay. It seems uh, my- like a lot of pressure to have to rem- to get for that to be the reason you're going to live today fully. That's just a, t- a high bar. To think about your death, right? Yeah. To, like to live in order to live, you have to think about the ending of the living. Could right? maybe it not be that dramatic? Could you just <laughs> fucking wake up and go, "Hey, it's Wednesday. I like this- hump day. I'm good." This is Catholicism. It has to be dramatic. Sorry, sure. It's all about service. And isn't that the way you start every movie? As soon as it begins, you go, this is going to end, so I need to appreciate this right now. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Talk about not living in the moment. No. Maybe with just a little er. It is very interesting that it's about living in the moment, but thinking about the future. Do you know? That is like that reverse thing Uh of it. But I do, guys, I want to say, I'm, I kind of like it. Well, you, you were do? raised Catholic. I kind of like it. I was raised Catholic. I could tell uh, by the way you pronounced all her names. <laughs> <laughs> Elithia. I mean, you know that's the one she chose for herself, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Nobody's named that. Um, so and, what's the upshot? What do you like? Is what it do just I like a, about it? Is because it? I think, yes, I do want to know. As a as a teen, I just this is something maybe personally I just went through recently. But as a teenager, I would think about death a lot and like think about like the like today is a good day to die. Like reassure myself of that like idea uh, in thinking like I have to be okay with whatever happens because today I might die. And then I for a long period. 20s and 30s, I just kind of forgot about this idea. I'd never <laughs> thought about it. And then I had kids, and then recently a good friend of mine passed, mm-hmm. and I've just been thinking about death more often, the, or the, uh, the idea that, like, all this ends. Okay. And when you see your kids, you know, and they're young little kids of just, like, this is, this is, this is the future now, and I'm the past. I'm going to be going. And uh-huh. so I just have to make sure this is good. So the majority of my energy is into making sure that the future exists but through them, but knowing that like they're going to watch me die the way I watched my mom die. And I've just been thinking about it a lot. Okay. And this is a nice way to the, the fact that I'm like 
obsessed with death right now to actually allow it to help me be present, which is something I've, oh, I'm always trying to be. You're very so good I'm, at it. That's something that I'm... Uh, that's something I take from this, this memento mori of the idea See, of like... that's clever. That's yeah. good. That's well done. Because I'm going to be thinking about it anyway. So at least let it be positive. Right. You know, as opposed right. to more. Turn into the skid. <laughs> yeah. Turn into the skid. It's the safest <laughs> way to be. <laughs> I, uh, Yardley, I have a skeleton that I keep in the back of my car and drive around oh my Los Angeles with. I've had it for <laughs> seven years. Um has many names. I, everybody that gets in names, it's something different. But I have a little convertible, and it sits in the back seat. And one day it's at a red cute. light, I was somewhere down on Beverly. Uh, this guy pulls up next to me in a convertible. He goes, who are you? And I go, I'm just a dude, man. I'm just a dude. He goes, no, you're like a movie or something? And I go, no, 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 I'm not a movie. And he goes, what's the skeleton for? I was like, it's for, it's for conversation. Like, it was for what we were doing. He goes, yeah, but what movie are you doing? Like, he thought me oh, and the wow. skeleton were, a, like, I was playing up an old movie. He go, I was like, nah, man, it's just like a bit. It's just a joke. And he goes, are you back to the future? And I go. Just like, no, no, the answer is no. Right. And then, so then he, the light turns green. We drive away. I'm like, no, I'm not back to the future. And then he got kind of mad and just drove away. Like, oh, well, screw you. Uh, if you ain't Back to the Future, I'm not hanging out. So then I went back and watched Back to the Future because I was like, is there a skeleton in Back? And there isn't. And I'm like, no. I guess just death and not death in the front seat. This guy just did the math for me. <laughs> it just didn't seem like enough that you would put that in your back seat for conversation at a red light. Just absurdity. Just uh, Kurt and I are big fans of being absurd for being absurd. And uh, he was not having it. It needed a theme and a it reference. It needed a reason. <laughs> it needed a reason. That's yeah. so funny. And then people really get their panties in a knot when you're like, listen, asshole, your reason doesn't line up with right. my reason. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just smiling. I'm going, no, man, it's really not. I wasn't like, hey, start walking. Eat rocks, bud. <laughs> right. Uh, but it was like... <laughs> It was so cool. Just uh, I should have just said, yes, it's back to the future. You got it. You should be on my trivia team. You're very good at these sort of things. <laughs> There's cameras everywhere, and they're going to follow you for the rest of your life. Congratulations. Right. You just won $2,500. Um, Maybe would have followed you home, so it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, I have one for you. This, Yardley, this is... Specific, I was reading that early in your acting career that you were getting cast quite often as well below your age, that you looked way younger than your age. So your first, a lot of your first roles, you were playing 12 and you were 20, that sort of thing. Yep, yep. Well, and I remember <laughs> the first time I saw you was in City, uh, was in City Slickers for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. A Good very fun. memorable part. I love Thank that you. Movie. And uh, this lady might have you beat. But not really. So this is from NBCNews.com. This is written... uh, Don't... Oh, this was written by... What a name. Minnie Von Burke. Mm, Bendabiz. Go Mind. Minnie Von Burke. uh, And sent in by Trash Panda Thomas. Thank you, Trash Panda (laughs) Thomas. I read from Detective Dan. I learned what a trash panda is. And... It's a raccoon, right? It's a raccoon. Oh. Who knew? Who knew? (laughs) They're all over my backyard. Uh, Minnie Von Burke wrote this one, NBCNews.com. 29-year-old woman posed as a student sneaked into a high school just to promote her Instagram account. 
Wow. Police say Audrey, oh, I'm going to butcher this last name, Franceschini, let's say Franceschini, entered American <laughs> Senior High School through the front doors by blending in with students. A 29-year-old woman was arrested after authorities says she posed as a high schooler and snuck into this Miami-Dade County school to promote her Instagram page. The I feel woman. like I, I yes. used my powers only for good. This does yes. not comport with that. <laughs> did you ever Carter. use them for good outside of auditioning and that sort of thing? Like, did you ever get discounts at amusement parks and movie theaters or anything? Nope. Nope. I'm actually a terrible liar. I was actually part of the um, Dharma and Greg team on Hollywood Squares a uh-huh. couple of uh-huh. times. If they needed somebody to fill a square. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh-huh. And the premise of the Hollywood Squares is that they – read they get you have to you have to sell somebody on a definition of something right, right. Or, mm-hmm. or a bluffing a, game kind yes yeah and i i was if i if i knew it wasn't true my god i could not i could not do it and they were like you <gasps> suck at this you are a terrible terrible teammate for this game <laughs> i thought you're right i am this is not good not not good so yes. no i was never that girl yeah, good. Well, that's good. You lived a, lived a straight and narrow life. And no, I think you're disappointed, Scotty. You're no, like, no, you're, no. you're no fun. No, no, that's no. That's just boring. No, no. Boring no. as could be. Not at all. Uh, Francis Keeney, or France Keeney, uh, was able to sneak her way into the front doors by blending with students. She carried a book bag and dressed, quote, similar to students. You're going to love this, Kurt. Holding a skateboard and carrying a painting, you know, just like a normal <laughs> high school student. <laughs> so you know what it's like when when we were all in high school and you just cruise in with your cool high school clothes, <laughs> carrying a book bag, a skateboard, and a painting under your arms. What's up, all you yeah. similar aged kids? Kids love painting. They, you know, not smartphones. Not any. They love painting. Uh, once inside, she handed out pamphlets with her Instagram name on them and asked students to follow her. It is the I most mean, this amazing is really something idea. Else. That I mean, just the just that like handing flyers out for your Instagram is so against the whole concept. Premeditated. I mean, it's, like, it's so insane. Premeditated. If right, if she hadn't done the pamphlet step and the wardrobe step, if she had just gone, I was driving by and I thought it'd be funny. Then you go, well, you're weird, but I get it. This is like she planned this. She went to Kinko's. Um, so security stopped her after seeing her walking the halls while classes were in session. So she, okay, uh, and she said she was looking for the registration office. Not a bad lie. But instead of going to the office, she just kept roaming the halls. Uh, she was stopped a second time by security, and she fled, prompting security to report a, quote, potential threat on campus. Of course they would. There's an adult around children. Never a good thing. <laughs> um, let's see. She got arrested and was taken to Miami-Dade jail, uh, and she has since been released. But, yeah, to me, it was it was 100% to gain Instagram followers and nothing else. There was it's n- so she, crazy. It's so weird. Keeping up with the Joneses has completely transformed into something... This is very, very odd and crazy. Yeah. Yardley, did you enjoy high school? Did you? Um, I did. I, I was, uh, I, I did drama. Like I did school plays in yes. high school. And then actually, um, I, and I didn't do sports. I didn't do anything else, which is probably why I didn't get into college. Cause they were like, your grades are okay, but you don't 
Like, you're not well-rounded, so forget you. Right. Um, but when I was 14, I auditioned at a dinner theater outside of Washington, D.C., and they were doing a plagiarized version of Peter Pan. Great. <laughs> I auditioned. Pay for the rights? Yeah. Perfect. And, it's Peter um, Paul. They, and, <laughs> well, the dumb thing was they used the same story and all the proper names, but they wrote their own music and songs to it. The easiest so part. Up, the hardest uh, part. Right. Right. And I ended up playing uh, Tinkerbell. And I was bigger than all of the Lost Boys, all of whom were girls, anyway. Um, and the dinner theater was going under. But I didn't know that at the time and accept that qu quite frequently. And I did it for months, months. Quite frequently, um, performances would be canceled because there were more people on stage than there were in the audience or nobody showed up. Uh-huh. And during the performance, during intermission, the woman who played Peter had to go out and wait tables. Okay. And then I remember being told <laughs> that we were going to Broadway. And I was like, oh, excellent. I am ready. Let's get this show on the road. Yes. Meanwhile, they're going belly up. And one night I showed up to the dinner theater and there was a notice from the health department and a new <laughs> notice on the door. No. And nobody had called to say, Yardley, don't you don't come. have to come to the theater you were tonight. 14. Yeah. Oh. So my mother would drive me, obviously. And I also, I got paid $50 a week, which was a lot. more money than I'd ever been yeah. ever made. And, <laughs> and after about the second paycheck, they started to bounce. Oh, boy. I remember thinking like, it's okay. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just a little hitch in the giddy up. It's going to be all right. Um, so oh, I don't think I ever got paid boy. after the second check, but I was in. I was all in. I was in up to my eyeballs. That owner just hopped in his car, tore off, and <laughs> drove to, to Trenton and opened up 41st Street. <laughs> yes. Yes, probably. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I also, it was... Uh, you know, it didn't feel like that. I think I just thought, like, okay. I, it was, I was, the heartbreaking part was when people wouldn't show. I was yeah. like, what are you, come on, we're acting our asses off up here. Um, and as Tinkerbell, I had to, you know, fly. I'm making little quotation marks mm -hmm. for your listeners. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but I had a harness that was like, it looked sort of like lederhosen, but it was thick, like you could. And then they hooked me to a chain that you would pull a semi truck with. Okay. Like it was so fucking heavy, this thing. <laughs> and then the guy who owned the theater would stand backstage and pull on a rope like you're pulling drapes, incredible. you know. Incredible. Yeah. This and is it, incredible. my chain would go. Just sort of screech across the stage while I'm singing my solo. Yeah. Oh my, oh my god. god. Yeah. That's amazing. A lot of happy thoughts at that theater between <laughs> the food poisoning, the no shows, yes! the bouncing checks, the killer special effects team. <laughs> wow. But it got you yeah. on stage. You're a performer. That's I loved so cool. It. I know. To be a paid performer at 14 for the stage. Incredible. Trot, trotting the boards. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It was. Uh, and then actually they then they started to do two shows at once and they did a, a plagiarized version of the Three Musketeers. And I played a little old Italian man with a black curly wig and gold um, lame leggings. Ooh. 
and a tunic. Yeah. I was like, wow, you're looking back, you're like, just no fear, right? No. A lot of courage. Yeah. That's what it takes. Yeah. Good for you. Oh, that's great. Or no shame, either way. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, should we have one last uh, story to send us home, guys? Right. Yeah. Wrap it oh, up it just went so fast. It goes I quick. know. It's a, it's a fast one. Uh, this is amazing. A uh, woman named Crystal Metheny arrested for firing <laughs> missile into car. <laughs> oh, banana! Is any of that week. real? Yeah, exactly. It is, I I got this. We got. I got this DM to me, and I was just like, "No way, this is real." And then I went, and it is real. Oh, it is real. My gosh, there is, a, and also, so missile is like the actual term the police use. Okay. Uh, I will I will read it here. So uh, it's not was, an actual missile like we're going to launch it onto another country kind of thing? It could be, but oh. it probably wasn't is okay. the answer. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> could have been a bottle rocket is what we're going to learn here. Here we go. Uh, exactly. Fired away. So, this was sent in by Laura Sosa. Thank you so much, Laura. Laura I am you nailed shocked it. that not thousands of... <laughs> Bananimal sent this in. This is the most bananas. (laughs) Crystal methany shoots missile. Okay. Sent in by Laura Sosa. Uh, This was written by Hillary Hansen. Best Mm. in the biz. Over at the Huffington Post. She's Uh. so good. So good. Uh, We clearly don't need you to tell the state. (laughs) We clearly don't need to tell you the state where this took place. Thank you so much, Hillary. Uh, Because it's obviously Florida. Florida. Crystal Metheny, 36, was arrested last month for shooting a missile. Yep. Shooting a missile into a vehicle, according to records from the Polk County Sheriff's Office in Florida. Mm -hmm. It should be noted that under Florida law, a missile can be defined as a stone or other hard substance. So this should not be construed to mean that oh, she's necessarily could it be like a potato cannon or something. launching okay. rockets into passing cars. <laughs> she was she was launching something. It was definitely it wasn't mm-hmm. just thrown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metheny was also arrested in 2012 on a marijuana charge. Uh, Jezebel's Mark Schraber writes that he called the Polk County Sheriff's Office to confirm that this was Metheny's real name and not an alias. When he expressed his amazement over the moniker, a sheriff's office spokeswoman identified only as Linda told him, "Sir." This is Florida. We got a lot of interesting names here. Damn right. <laughs> she's not wrong. No. no she's not wrong. Her name was Litter- Linda Gator Face. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, Yardley, do you have anything you want to talk about before you before we Let's go? Re-plug. Before we put the Let's re-plug them both. To Small bed? town dicks. Sure. Yeah. Small town dicks, uh, we're everywhere, anywhere you like to pod, as the kids say. Absolutely. Um, it's really very, very good. It's very, it's really it's reverent toward the victims. And all, like I said, all the cases are told by the detectives who investigated them. So, which is enough that's reason to listen awesome. right there. Um, and uh, oil and water, which you can find on the tube of you. The tube that of you. That would be YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and Instagram at oil and, at oil and water food. Um, and it's just it's six to eight minutes of, you know, happy grins because it's dumb yes. entertainment for troubling times. <laughs> so, thank, well, thank you. you. This thank is so you, much Yardley. fun. You guys are lovely as pie. I love that you um, are up on your current events. We I love that be. you actually read. That's very <laughs> impressive in this day and age. We do. As we know. Well, you're <laughs> certainly welcome back anytime you want to talk about Bananas News Stories. We'd love to have you. Okay, I'd love to come. 
Thank, Thank you. you. This was wonderful. So good. And congratulations again. Listen, I would say when people ask me, so Small Town Dicks were finishing season eight, we're, but we're actually not quite four years old. We do about two seasons a year. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, I, people, you know, I've been on a few panels when we still used to do panels in the before times. Yes. And um, people are like, how do you have a successful And there are a couple of things. One, you have to, I believe you have to do it for you. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Because you got to play the long you have game. To enjoy it. Exactly. Absolutely. But the other thing is, it's one thing to get people to your podcast. The real work is keeping them. So the fact that you guys have been on for a year and you're so successful and your audience continues to grow, that they're so engaged is no small feat, gentlemen. Thank you really hats off to you. I I remind myself that I'm going to die and I appreciate that we have so many bananas every day. Yes, (laughs) and I'm going to live forever and I do bananas for Kurt. So it's a very strange (laughs) dynamic. But we're thrilled to have you. <laughs> Perfect. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 